a podcast from the Arkansas Baptist State Convention. You're listening to Inspire On The Go. It's your weekly dose of fun, encouragement, real-life conversations, and all things women's ministry, regularly featuring segments from Andrea's radio show, Truth On The Go. If you find yourself on the go, then this is the podcast for you. Now, welcome your host, Andrea Lennon, as we talk about all the great truths that we can take with us as we go through our day. Hey, sweet friends, it's Andrea. I hope that your day is off to a great start. I am so thankful for this day and for the opportunity to just remember that God always sees, he always knows, he always cares, he is always with us, no matter what's going on in our life. God is ever present and he is so consistently loving and gracious in our life. And so we see that truth all over Spring Hunter's life. Spring, welcome back to Truth on the Go. We are so thankful that you're with us. We are in the middle of telling your story, Spring, and it is so powerful what God has done in your life. Well, thank you for um, inviting me to come back. I'm always excited to share. I will say, if you missed last week, you need to go back and listen to last week because you might be lost this week. <laughs> That's you, right. It is a pretty intense so story. Stop now, go back and listen, and then come back in and um, jump in and join us again. So quick recap of last week's program. We really just walked through the course of your life and started out by talking about poverty and being born into poverty, being born into a family that was in a religious cult and just the ups and downs of life as a result of that, uh, you know, running away from home, I guess, at the mm-hmm. age of 13, mm-hmm. uh, meeting an older guy. Uh, who was your boyfriend, becoming pregnant, and then digging deep into the life of meth. And I mean, just all kinds of just struggles and strains. But God in his grace met you and Mm -hmm. saved you. Mm -hmm. And that's where we left the story. You were in church, you were serving, and God was doing an amazing work through your life. But you did mention to us that that actually led to the end of your marriage. And so tell us a little bit about what happened in that. Yeah, you know, I was determined not to be Oh, a divorced woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for many, many, many years, just kind of struggled through that and just lived in First Peter 3 that, you know, if I just live out this gospel, you know, in my marriage, that that could turn this around, you know. Um, and I will say that even though my marriage did not survive, I believe that. I believe First Peter 3. I would say to any woman that is struggling or has a husband that is not a believer yet, you just stay in First Peter 3. You can't change his mind. You can't save him. You can't redeem him yourself. But live that out mm-hmm. for as long as he is willing to live with you, as long as he is willing to stay in it. Keep fighting. Keep fighting. Um, it didn't save my marriage. He did leave. He did have another life in another town. Um, and so... Honestly, we stayed legally married for just a bizarre amount of time. Um, so with him living in a different town, having started another life with, you know, other people. Um, so we did that for a few years until finally, you know, he came home and said, you know, I'm done. I, I want to end this. And so that was such a struggle for me because even though God had like redeemed me from all of this insane past that I had with the drugs and the and the just the past that I had had, to lose my marriage, I just had this moment where Satan just attacked my mind and and really went crazy with it that, you know, God can't use you in ministry anymore. He can't use you, you know, to speak to people because like, you know, he saved you and you couldn't keep your marriage together. And so um, really battled through that. And but, you know, I took some time and I went off of, of my best friend, um, you know, sent me up into the mountains and I kind of retreated for a couple of weeks and just spent time worshiping and in scripture and God just spoke so much truth to me and and in particular 
spoke Romans eleven twenty nine to me that God doesn't take back his gifts. Mm-hmm. He doesn't revoke his calling on your life. It was a gift to begin with. I didn't earn it the first time. He wasn't surprised by my sin in the beginning. He's not surprised by my sin now. And he's not going to be surprised by the sin that I'm going to commit 10 years from now. Like the, my story is not a surprise to God. He redeemed the whole thing. And that includes my divorce. Absolutely. And I love that you fought the lies of the enemy with truth with worship and the truth, with the word of God. And that's a good reminder for all of us because we go through situations and circumstances that sometimes leave us with questions, with Mm -hmm. doubts and with concerns and with maybe some guilt or just confusion. And so if we go to the word and to worship and retreat like what you're talking about, then the power of God, the power of his word, the power of his Holy Spirit will transform our Mm -hmm. thinking and we will see it from the gospel. We will see our situations, we will see our circumstances through the lens of the gospel. Mm -hmm. And so that is so powerful that you did that because that really set the course for the next season of your life. So I will tell you this, um, you know, I began to pray that God would specifically use all the dark things in my life. So I think that he had just introduced me to this whole world of light and truth and hope. But when God says he redeems a life, he redeems a whole life. And that includes that dark, horrible blot that you don't want anybody to know about or that you feel like you need to hide or how could God possibly use that? So my best friend, um, who quite possibly has been one of the most monumental people that have ever come into my life, um, she invited me to go on a mission trip with her to El Salvador. And, you know, God just orchestrated that. That was the first foreign mission trip that I had taken. So we get down to El Salvador and... We were going through this city that was just completely riddled by gang activity. We were probably even just foolish to be walking the streets, (laughs) like looking back now, I'm like, what were we doing? But anyway, we were going door to door and sharing the gospel and bringing food packages to people. And we knocked on one door and this gal opens it up. And, um, you know, we began, I say we, our Spanish speakers began to just kind of share, you know, kind of the gospel story with this girl. And she's You know, she's kind of trucking along with us, but then she counters back and says, that's all fine and good, but I don't think that God can save someone like me. And she kind of went into snippets of the gang activity that she had been a part of and the drugs and the sex and the tattoos and just all of the things that made Jesus not work for her. Mm -hmm. Like, that's Mm -hmm. good for you guys, and that's amazing, and I even believe it but I don't think that Jesus can come to where I was. And I mean, I just really felt like the Holy Spirit came over me and said, this is the reason that you're here for this one person. And suddenly all those dark years, I became instantly thankful for because I was going to have the opportunity to like bump that pastor out of my way and be like, translate this yes you know and tell so, you about the so light. I did yes I did and I just told her all of my stories and I whipped out a tattoo and you know I mean I was just like listen sister let me tell you about Jesus and so you know I don't I don't know I mean she didn't like drop to her knees and receive Christ in that moment and stuff but I mean we know that the truth does not return to God void and so just sharing that with her that like I am here you know, thousands of miles away from home to share my story with you. And God opened a door for me to almost immediately jump into recovery ministry. And that led into like reaching into pockets of poverty and homelessness and feeding ministries and mobile soup kitchen and worship team in that place. 
I met my husband, like the man that God was going to give me. And um, I thought he was way too good for me. You know, <laughs> you weren't like, really looking for him, were you? No, I wasn't really <laughs> looking for anybody. As a matter of fact, I was like, don't tell anybody I'm divorced. I don't want to date. I don't want to even go there. Like I was terrified because I had never dated. Like I like got married at 15. I don't know that world. And so um, not looking at all, but um, there was this young man and he was just running beside me. Mm-hmm. You know, he was serving meals to the homeless and to the poor and he was on the worship team every week and he was bringing his best friend to the recovery ministry because he just cared about his soul and you know it was just like you look across and there's this person running beside you that you never noticed before and so you know I just thought like he just came from a totally different background like very just amazing family amazing parents you know I don't think he had ever sinned or I didn't think that he had (laughs) at that point you know and so it was just way too good for me like there's no way he'd ever be interested in me and and he actually made the first move and came to me and was just you know his his initial conversation with me was He was looking for a wife and he realized that every time that he would think about dating someone or looking for someone, he was looking for someone like me. Mm -hmm. He's like, I've seen you walk. I've seen the battles that you've gone through. I know your story and I'm looking for someone like you. And he said, it just occurred to me that maybe I'm not looking for someone like you. Maybe I'm just looking for you. Oh, wow. And so, you know, then we got married and had like three more kids. And I mean, (laughs) so so beautiful. Yes. Let me ask you a question. Did you realize in that season of life that God was putting you in the exact places where you had been, but yet in a different way, in a ministry setting. So you were going to homeless, you were going to poverty stricken, you were going to rehab and drug and alcoholism Mm. kind of situations, but you were going as a transformed change person. How are you processing that? You know, I think for me, and still true to this day, whatever God redeems you from, I just thought about this group of people that I, I got out. I got out of poverty. I got out of addiction. I got out of that lifestyle, but I can still look behind me and see all these people that were left behind in that. And I just felt like God's calling on my life was really go back, go back and get them, go back and take them with you for all the ones that will listen, for all the ones that can hear truth, for all the ones that see you and see hope and see a path out, go back. And so um, I would say like my entire walk in ministry is related to that. Go back and tell tell them like you come with me, mm-hmm. do this with me. Like it's, it wasn't just for me. I'm not just the only one that made six good choices and I got out. Like come back with me, you know. That reminds me of the story you shared last week, which is whenever you were on the floor, I guess, of the bathroom or somewhere mm-hmm. where you had taken that really bad dose of meth and you remembered God, yeah. but God in that moment. And yeah. so we see the just the love of God, the relentless pursuit of God. He redeemed you and then he was encouraging you. You go back and you Mm -hmm. help and you reach and you watch me redeem others. And so when we come back on the other side of the break, we're going to fast forward this story and you are going to hear the amazing plan of God when it comes to spring going back and reaching others. In just a moment, Andrea will return with a final thought. If you would like to hear more of her teachings, visit andrealennonministry.org. It is the ultimate website for the girl on the go with Bible studies, video sessions, podcasts, books, and down-to-earth blogs straight from Andrea's heart. Be sure and subscribe so that you can stay connected. Again, that's andrealennon.org. Now, let's hear a final truth from Andrea. 
So we're back and we're talking to Spring Hunter and we're just talking about the power of God to redeem and restore. And Spring, your story is so powerful. Thank you for sharing it with us. I know the rest of the story and so I cannot wait for our listeners to hear about it. But let's go back and let's just make sure that everybody's on the same page. At this point in the story, you are living in Clarksville and you are doing ministry to the underprivileged. Right. So, you know, at this point, I really felt like God was giving me a real clear direction about what it means to minister to the homeless. And the best way that I know how to do that is like almost like giving me a blueprint of what services looks like and how do you bring in the gospel into social services. And, you know, just had this kind of clear picture and was starting to fill up notebooks of just this is how you would do that. And so, you know, we're right in the throes of that with my husband and my kids and we're delivering food and we're in poverty ministry and all of those things. And um, God really clearly begins to turn our hearts from Clarksville. And my husband really felt the Lord pull on him to go into medical school. And that's a whole separate story about how God just totally rearranged our life with that. But we found ourselves leaving Clarksville and we were going to move to Conway because he was going to start at UAMS and we needed to be closer to Little Rock. And so we moved to Conway and, and I knew, I knew, I knew that God was directing those steps that he had led us there he had orchestrated everything so clearly for my husband that it was just obvious that god was moving us there but i really mourned during that time because we were leaving behind you know years of ministry and i had just seen god do so much in my life and that church and that town with those people And so I just really was not clear on why God was calling spring to Conway. And one Sunday morning, we ended up at Second Baptist Church in Conway. Um, Honestly, I think we were headed somewhere else and we were running late. And so we ended up like, oh, we're not on time for that church. So we'll just go down the list and we'll try Second Baptist. And we came in that morning and a fellow named Greg Pillow was sharing about this building that Second Baptist was in and how they were getting ready to move over close to the UCA campus and that this building was going to be donated for ministry and they had no idea what that was going to look like. They didn't really have any solid plans for that, but that they knew that God had called them to give away this space for ministry work in the heart of Conway. And if I've ever heard God speak, it was just in that moment. And I didn't clearly know what God was telling me to do at that point, but he just said, go tell your story to Greg Pillow. And so um, I shared my whole testimony with him, and I just said, I don't really know why I'm here, but you need to get used to seeing my face because you're going to see a lot of it. You know, I am in on this. And so I just shared some things with him. And a couple weeks later, he had met with the board of directors at that point and just kind of shared a little bit about me and what he had learned. And they called me back and just said, we don't know what we're supposed to do with this place, but we believe that God has given you the instructions of how to do a ministry center. So they hired me. (laughs) So the notebooks came in very handy. (laughs) Yes. Reference said notebooks over and over. And so, um, you know, things were just a whirlwind after that. We actually had planned, I think, like a July launch, but then that second set of tornadoes went through in April of, what, 2014 now, I think? So um, April 28th, um, we launched kind of in response to tornadoes, and there were all these volunteers, and there was just the most incredible amount of resources coming into Faulkner County that needed to be distributed. And there were all these volunteers that wanted to serve but had no idea how best to serve. And so, I mean, again, I just think it was like, okay, well, this is how we start. Um, So for about three months, we did tornado relief. 
And then kind of on the backside of that, like the need began to change and they were they were getting through it. And, you know, things like food and toiletries were in less demand. And so we kind of went back to the drawing board and we talked to the board and we're just like, so do we want to shut down and regroup and start over and just kind of made this decision? No, I don't think we're starting over. I think we just keep Keep going going. from here. And so we have just seen just the most incredible act of God really in Faulkner County through this thing. I mean, God has shown us what it is to minister to the homeless. And there's a significantly growing homeless population in Faulkner County right now. And so we have launched into what it is to to serve you know, families in crisis and do case management and launched into what it looks like to try to minister to a homeless population that is kind of new on the scenes, you know, and just feeding ministries and warming stations for our homeless population. It's just been incredible to see God unite a bunch of churches. Like this is not just a one church kind of endeavor. We have 26 churches that pour into the ministry center. And like when you take a united church, like Big C Church, and you put their efforts and their abilities and their talents together and reach into dark places, I mean, God moves. He does move. And it's such a beautiful picture of the body of Christ where we are coming together. We're sharing resources. We're sharing our heart. We're sharing our passion. We're sharing just a calling to pursue the gospel in our local context. And that's what I think about when I think about the ministry center. Now we need to tell everyone your title for the ministry center, because this is a beautiful picture of transformation and grace. When you grew up, you were struggling because of homelessness, because of poverty, because of addiction. Mm -hmm. And now spring, you serve as the executive director of the Conway ministry center. Talk about a transformation. Talk about the plan of God Mm -hmm. to always redeem us unto himself and then to position us to share his good news with those around us. So do you ever just sit back and go, this is unbelievable. I never would have written this kind of story with my life. You know, I think that we we can go back to scripture and just see, you know, God does this over and over and over again in scripture. But I think if I had a life verse, you know, it would change from time to time. <laughs> yes. Honestly, it would change. But I just always come back to Genesis 48 and 49, where we see Joseph and, you know, at the end of his life, he's gone through this just crazy story of all of these trials and, you know, some of it he maybe has brought on himself and other things, you know, happened to him that weren't his fault, you know, pits he was thrown into. And, and then on the end of that, we just see this life where, where he tells his brothers, the things that you meant to destroy me, God meant for good. And I just have seen that lived out in my own story and the stories of others, like the people that I have met on this journey, that is just you know, this torch that I hold up that what Satan used to try to destroy you, God will flip it on his head and he will take that very thing and he will use it for his glory. And he will not only redeem your life, but he will send you back to your family. He'll send you back to those dark places to bring others. And so like that story of Joseph just really resonates for me personally of not only did he have a plan for you, but he had a plan for all these other people that he brought into fruition because because of what he allowed to happen in your life. So, and this took a long time for me to come to this place. I am thankful for the very, very difficult things. I'm thankful for the homelessness. I'm thankful for the confusion. I'm thankful for the abuse. And I'm thankful, most of all, that God would choose to chase after Mm. me, I think, 
in the midst of all of that, he just chased me down. I was not looking for him. And he chased me down and would choose to use all of that for his glory. Yeah. It's just incredible to me. There's such freedom in that when we say, okay, God, I am thankful because through this process, I know you. I know you. I know the power of your redemption. I know the power of that shed blood for the Mm. forgiveness of our sins, for the freedom and for the positioning of us to go live out that life as salt and light. And I know that's what you do because I get to watch you do it in the context of our local community. And even as you were telling your story, I thought about this truth. You know, God is not doing one thing. He's doing a hundred things. He's working in layers. So not only is he redeeming your story, he's also impacting the lives of so many other people. So tell us about your family and how you minister together as a family. Yeah. So I think even before I go into like my immediate family, I I would like to share. My mom has passed on, but I do always want to make sure that people understand because it's just the craziest thing. Like I, I really tried to share the gospel with mom and like let her watch me transform. And and she did that. But it was actually the neighbor guy that shared the gospel (laughs) with her and she received Christ before she passed. And so I will see her again, still working on my father. Um, A really cool thing that happened a few years ago, he reached out to my little sister and I and just said, tell me about your Jesus. Again, did not fall to his knees and like receive Christ in that moment. But I just thought like, who does that? Like who calls up their kids and just says like, I see that, you know, you guys have this thing going in your life. Tell me about that. And so I'm just still praying, just trusting on God's word that he gave us that opportunity to share the gospel with my dad. My husband is, um, he's just an incredible man of God. I mean, he loves our children together. He deeply loves my children that I had coming into our marriage. You know, I mean, just he sees no distinction between them. So he ministers to our family that way. But I mean, that guy gets in there, he moves people and he he serves in the warming station and he gives people rides. I mean, he just he has been the person that has really kind of anted up our ministry in our house because like I used to minister to homeless people. He brings them home (laughs) and says, come stay with us, you know, and I'm like, "Okay, okay." so we're doing this. (laughs) That's a a big step. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So a few times we've had that, you know, where he has come home with a guy and just said, I really feel like the Holy Spirit told me that we need to shelter this guy like in our house on more than one occasion. And so like that really has challenged me. Mm-hmm. And you know, my kids are young still, but my two older girls are living their lives for Christ. My oldest um, is 24. She's about to get married, works at the ministry center. She is headed to the mission field. She is completely convinced that she's headed to the nations and I believe her. Um, I have a 15 year old that is serving and she actually is going to be leading in her youth group in the next couple of weeks. And so I'm just thankful to see that my children are, you know, walking in that path. My six-year-old son has autism. That has been my newest challenge, I think, of just learning what it's like to be a mommy of a special needs kid. And, you know, God has shown me so much about creation and beauty and purpose through having a son that has special needs. And then um, I had surprise twins three years ago. <laughs> Whoops. And, uh, you know, they are just incredible human beings. And, and they're identical. And so I just think watching God work in creation and just, you know, they're beautiful, beautiful little people. You're absolutely 
amazing spring hunter i'm telling you your story is so powerful and it just reminds us that god is amazing that he is so powerful and so thank you so much for sharing with us i know that many people will want to connect with you they'll want to know how can they maybe be a part of the ministry center if they live here in central arkansas or perhaps they want to start one where they live or they want to know how they can minister to just different people different pockets of our population so let us know how can we connect with you and just some basic information about the ministry center. Yeah, so the ministry center has five full-time staff people and probably 800 volunteers. Like we operate because people are obedient to serve. And so I would say reach out to me. My email address is spring at ministrycenter.org. And I can give you a list and connect you with our volunteer coordinators and just people that can kind of plug you in based on what, you know, your gifts are. Or if you don't know what your gifts are, just come and talk to me because I can help you find a place to figure that out even, you know, see what God has for you. So there are lots of opportunities to serve in the grocery store and the warming station. And, you know, depending on the level of relationship that you want to have with people, I think there are really significant Mm -hmm. ways to serve. And then there's more behind the scenes stuff. So there's lots of opportunities. If you are are nowhere near Conway, but you have a heart to reach into poverty and homelessness and addiction and, you know, God's calling you to to do that kind of thing. I would love to just be a sounding board for your ideas and just, you know, process through that with you and share with you what God has shown me and what I've learned through this journey and just kind of be in an advisory role. And how you can get churches of all different denominations involved in that. I mean, the Catholics and the Methodists and the Baptists will all sit at the table and work together. And it's just a beautiful thing when that happens. So, yeah, reach out to me. Thank you so much, Spring. Well, that concludes our time together. I wish we could talk for hours and hours on end. But if you want to connect with Spring, be sure and reach out to her at the Conway Ministry Center and find out all the great ways that you can get involved in helping and loving and sharing Jesus. This episode of Inspire On The Go is over, but we hope you'll be back next Monday for the latest episode. In the meantime, you can visit absc.org forward slash inspire podcast to find more episodes and ways to connect with Andrea. Also, if you're in Central Arkansas, you can find Andrea's radio show Truth On The Go at 93.3 The Fish and 99.5 Faith Talk Radio on Sunday mornings.